Finding this podcast magical? Why not toss a coin to your Witches and a Druid podcast through the Acast supporter feature? It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to show your support now. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome to Three Witches and a Druid Podcast. Canadian podcast about paganism in today's modern society. And now, Three Witches and a Druid Podcast present C.S. McCann. For seven weeks I wondered, and for seven weeks I Thank you. 
for seven weeks I've wept. Hello, and welcome to Three Witches and a Druid. And we are here today recording a bonus episode because the lovely Maeve was not present when we did our discussion of beliefs and opinions and not that that's not what this is all the time anyway but our wonderful question and answer period that Gwen hosted over the last two episodes so Maeve is going to fill in all her blanks here this evening. I completely misunderstood that those were questions and not statements. (laughs) We'll figure it out it'll be okay. So here we go and like we started before and ended up making two episodes out of it lightning rounds right? (laughs) What do you want to the best. So uh, the best way you can. And so I'll ask the question. You can kind of give an answer. And then also we did a one to five of the importance it had for you. Okay. 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 I got it. With five being the most important. Okay. Th- this will learn me to listen to the podcast. <laughs> I was like, what the yes. heck you guys meant? Yes. <laughs> Belief systems or worldviews. So there's Beliefs that fit together in a system that makes sense of a universe. That's a, one of the key elements of religions. We have lots of options in neopaganism. We have gods, goddesses, many, few different genders. We have archetypes. How do you see them? And who are we? Are we like biological robots? Or are we beings of light or, you know, afterlife? There's all sorts of beliefs that are tied up. I think what's very interesting is I know what I believed for years and years and years. And I suppose I took it on faith that we are all connected and everybody is made up of that universal energy that is between, you know, between everybody and between us all. And I was reading this book um, that I think Rhonda had recommended um, from Joe Dispenza. And it was about it was about getting rid of who you were, becoming something new, whatever the the name of the book is. Anyway. He wrote this, and this kind of sums up how how science has caught up the mysticism. And it describes things very well. And it starts with, within the brain, are there specific tissues that are responsible to keep the heart beating? The answer is yes. And what are those tissues made up of? Well, they're made up of cells. And what are cells made up of? They're made up of molecules. And what are those molecules made up of? Well, molecules are made of atoms. And what are those atoms made up of? subatomic particles. And what are those subatomic particles primarily composed of? Energy. So every single thing is made up of energy and all these particles together. So how on earth can we possibly be separate from each other, from the universe, from the stars, and from the, the from deity and all the energy, you know? What is it in a, fic- a fiction book, a science fiction book I read once and someone said, oh, you know, they were talking about creation. And they were like, well, you know, the the universe spun out of nothingness. Yeah, but what was the spinner? Yeah. So it's that that source energy, I think. And I I do I do have I'm very eclectic, and I have gods and goddesses from all around, and different cultural things that I will do. And it, to me, it's all the same. It's all the same source, different faces, different manifestations, different needs. But for me, we are all just connected. And to think that I am any different from those lovely flowers sitting there, I'm not. And that's very encouraging because I'm not any different than those beautiful flowers. You know what I mean? That tree, the ocean, when you're feeling down, it's like, I am the same. So that is very, yeah, Joe Dispenza, I'm making how you're, yeah, I I know know that book. (laughs) I know that book. 
so uh, that was very that interesting. Is, that is, and that is a central belief because everything else comes out of that. Mm-hmm. You know, your mm-hmm. relationship with deity mm-hmm. in the sense of gods and goddesses or archetypes, mm-hmm. all of mm-hmm. that afterlife. What? So how would you rate that on a scale of one to five? In importance to me? Oh, five. five. Yeah. Six. <laughs> that would be Extraordinarily yeah. important. Yes. So another element of religion is community. How important is community to you? And I think I know the answer to this. <laughs> community is very important to me. As I have gotten older, uh, if there's bullshit in community, it's like, yeah, keep away from me. But uh, no, community is very important, I feel, because I think it goes back to, I remember in the beginning when I discovered what I was, sort of idea. And for a long time, I was alone. And I thought I was the only one, and I thought I was peculiar, or I was this, or, well, I know I'm peculiar, and I'm okay with it now. I was going to say, that's not why you're peculiar, (laughs) dearest (laughs) me. So I do feel that having a community to turn to, and because we are not one of the mainstream, you know, big three monotheistic religions, it's nice to have, I find sometimes sitting around with other pagans, and you can, I don't have to talk about my my boat maybe or my renovations or I don't know just it's nice to be able to talk about common themes and to have things in common and to be able to express yourself freely and to have a support system and Mm -hmm. to help each other I think that's very important one to five four excellent central stories and myths are another element of religion they explain the beliefs of a group they end up getting told over and over again and or performed within ritual and they may or may not be based on fact. So true versus real, possibly. Is there a specific story that you would maybe, if somebody asked you a question, or is there a story that you would tell that reflects your beliefs? Is there a story that you share in your classes? A myth. I have 20 different stories running through my head. <laughs> I can tell a type at this moment. I think it would just depend on what the subject was. Because mm-hmm. there's a different story. There's a different story for each one. And some people believe it literally. Some people believe it metaphorically. Sometimes I need help with focus. And things like that can help me focus. I think the biggie for me would be the legend of the descent of the goddess. Mm, okay. That's a big one for me to, to put aside. that That story always just really, really struck me to put aside all the worldly trappings and what is there underneath. I think that from a personal standpoint, the one that probably has struck me the most, that has affected me the most. But as far as what would I tell in a class, that would really depend on what was going on. Yeah. So the the importance of stories and myths to you. I think it's, it's, I think it's, I guess we don't really have a, a sacred text. We don't have a Quran. We don't have a Bible. There's no Torah. And all of those things. We have Scott Cunningham. We have Scott Cunningham. <laughs> there we go. We, we do admit. We do have Scott Cunningham because after 30 years, it still doesn't get much better than Scott Cunningham. It truly doesn't. I wonder if he has a clue. Yeah. Like if, if, if he did before he died have an idea of the effect he's had rippling Ever outwards. Yeah. years and to come. Generational. Yeah. 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 Well, just the ability to be a solitary. Yeah. Yes. To popularize that ability that you did not need initiation. Yeah. You did. Yes. And to know that you can connect and you can be 
I don't know, even worthy or whatever the case might be without that someone, you know, knighting you. Telling you you're good be. enough. But, but stories, stories are good because they, they are metaphors for life and they can be good. They're not super central to me. Mm-hmm. Mind you, I do, and I guess we'll get to that. I do love researching gods and goddesses. Right. But the stories around them are okay. I'm more interested in their archetype. Right. Than necessarily their story. The stories, I'd say, are rated three. Yeah. Three. Yeah. Yeah. So number four, rituals. Beliefs are explained, taught, and made real through ceremony. Rituals also do a lot of other things. I think they bind communities together and all sorts of, uh, they celebrate. Mm-hmm. Um, what kind of rituals do you, solitary versus group? I think they're all pretty equally wonderful. They're equally wonderful. I think they are. Now, don't get me wrong. Uh, I love big, you know, public ritual. And I love being in one and I love putting one on and all of that. But I find, and, and for celebrating seasons and places and being together, I do love a public ritual. But I love a, a, a solitary ritual as well. If you don't have a tight-knit coven that you're involved in, you know, you do go to public rituals. If you're needing to do self-exploration, and you know, a lot can happen in self-exploration or looking into things and you can become very emotional and you're not going to want to break down and cry, you know, on your knees in a big public ritual. It's happened. It's happened. (laughs) (laughs) But I find that to, to be able to look inside maybe, you would miss out, I think, on so much if you didn't have your private rituals too. I think you would miss out on some. If, like I say, if you didn't have a real tight coven, yeah, I, I think you would miss out. So I think they're both equally. And sometimes you're you're just in need of being in that space. And you can't wait till the full moon when your group gets together. You can't wait till the next public ritual. And you need that now. You need that. You need to be in that sacred space. You need to have that energy around you. And you need to that place where your barriers can be down and you can be free and you can connect. Not that you can't connect in every day, but I find there's something about calling up the quarters, calling your deity, and being in that sacred space that is very fulfilling, and, and you need it a lot of the time. One to five. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ready to start talking to your kids about financial literacy? Meet Greenlight, the debit card and money app that teaches kids and teens how to earn, save, spend wisely, and invest with your guardrails in place. Parents can send instant money transfers, automate allowance, and more. Plus, keep an eye on spending with real-time notifications. Join more than 6 million parents and kids building healthy financial habits together on Greenlight. Get your first month free at greenlight.com slash ACAST. That's greenlight.com slash ACAST. Five. Five. For both. Uh, wonderful. Wonderful. For me. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, I'm exactly. saying for everybody. This no, is for of me. course. And this is <laughs> for me. And we are not when we speak. If we identify as druid or with her or whatever, we don't speak for all. No, we certainly we don't. We only ourselves. speak for ourselves. We, we yeah. 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 make that very clear. Yeah. In and, the and this is just speaking for me. Okay. I, well, I think one of the first comments we got on the podcast is, "Why does Brian only speak for ADF druids? Why doesn't he speak for Obots? Like, I don't speak even for ADF. <laughs> ADF I speak for me. That's I speak it. for me." Mm-hmm. Ethics, number five, as an element of religion, ethics. Ethics are rules about how to behave. They're often thought to have come from a deity or supernatural place within a religious context, but they may also be seen as guidelines created by the group itself over time. Well, I understand. Well, obviously the read. And if harm none, do what you will. I actually was just talking about this with some people on Sunday, just the other day. I've always, maybe it's because I was kind of raised originally in a Christian home. I really do believe that, you know, do unto others as you would have done unto you and all that. I do I do really believe in the read, which covers all of the big ones. Lying, cheating, stealing, coveting, killing. Don't harm anyone. I do believe ethics are important because in our emotions and in our pain and in all of that, I think because we're human, things can get out of hand. And sometimes if you're really upset, I think to have that to lean back on and I've said this you know it, it's it, the, the read keeps you from I suppose power is power and people say oh are you a white witch or you do black magic and all that I'm like it's not a magic matter of you know white and black it's all shades of gray you know I have my knife that I might everyone has their favorite knife in their kitchen everybody cut up your vegetables and your meat if, you, if you're you know eat meat and this and you prepare lovely moods you know, lovely meals for your family and friends. That beautiful knife, you keep it sharp, it's wonderful. I can prepare those great meals or I could stick it in someone's ribs. I think the rules of humanity dictate that I don't do that. But I do think that that ethics, because I think especially because we use magic and we use intention, that especially so many of us are very, very magical and have a lot of uh, power. My daughter accidentally hexed someone once when she was 13. <laughs> she didn't mean to. I said, you have to undo this. I think you just have to, you know, like when you're angry, you're 13 year old girl who just got broken up with. <laughs> you're a powerful little baby witch and you've accidentally hexed someone. So you just, I just think ethics are important and, and not for your every day. Don't there's some, because every day we know how we're going to behave. I think that having that little teeny thing when you're over the edge is helpful. One to five. Ethics, I put that up there at four, 4.5. So another element of religion, characteristic emotional experiences. Most religions share emotions such as awe, mystery, guilt, joy, devotion, conversion, inner peace. A lot more inner peace. A little more inner peace. <laughs> a little more inner peace. Our question that we asked out of that, because I think you can tap into many of those things coming at it from this mm-hmm. religion, mm-hmm. Uh, this family of religions. But I, the one that we focused on was like, what methods work best for you for creating those emotional experiences, for maybe connecting with deity so that you could experience that all? I'm going to preface that with, or I should say, not the epilogue, <laughs> but, but before that, when they when they talked about the past, I think maybe I learned a long time ago just how to be with what's around me that I don't need to do a ton necessarily to feel those things, if you know what I mean, like the good things. So, so you're just walking down the street and you're always in a sense of connection with deity? 
a lot I, of the I've time, done a lot of group work with you where we specifically work on different methods of connection. Oh, we do. And I'm always happy to work on, maybe I'm not expressing this correctly. There is a difference between doing group work and doing that connection and just your everyday life remembering you're part of those flowers. Maybe I'm getting oh, a bit yeah. too confused. But, that, but the connection. that emotional upwelling of awe that comes from being. I think a lot of the time ritual can help with that or just ways to be quiet. I'm having a hard time answering that one, I won't lie, because today I went to that Van Gogh thing. Well, that Van Gogh thing was... Oh, I cried through three quarters that, of it. So, Very overwhelming. It was so I, beautiful it, it and wonderful. It was created to do that. And art does that for people. Art does that. Art, but, art makes connection. But right? I think maybe I find when I feel overwhelming joy or overwhelming sorrow, maybe it's because the right side of the brain is so very activated at that time, that maybe that's when deity creeps in the easiest. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because like, you can't go around being spaced or whatever. No, exactly. But when you have anger, or you have joy, or you have sadness, or you have your, you feel laughter, I think that deity comes to me. It's not that I have to do something to get there. It's when I'm there, it comes to me. Mm. See the reverse? Yeah. Even now, there are times when I do feel disconnected and I need to do, you know, prayer. I get my, my prayer beads out and quietness, meditation will help me. That one, that one's going to stop me for a minute there. Oh, but no, okay. when I feel emotions, that's when it breaks in the most, as opposed to I go to the deity for that. Importance in your religious practice. Oh, of, five. Five. Five, feeling connected. Number seven, material expression. Religions use things to perform rituals or express or represent beliefs such as statues, paintings, music, flowers, incense, clothes, architecture, special, specific sacred locations. What's your favorite? Is there a tool that you use every single time? Every single time? No, I wouldn't say every single time because sometimes it can come on you when you're not expecting it. Mm. You know what I mean? Especially if you're off, you know, if I'm off in the woods somewhere. Mm. Now, I am a very literal person and I do like candles and crystals and herbs and things like that. I find help me focus. Some people can do a perfect, just do great rituals without any of that. I like my wand. I like my cups. I like that. That is me because I guess over the years I've trained myself, you know, been using it for so long. But I find a lot of the time it will just come to you, especially I find outdoor places probably will be even more helpful to me in places that yeah. yeah special places that i think maybe that's why oh gosh i'm having a revelation <laughs> right now i think that's why when i'm performing rituals indoors why i need all those extra things things yeah it's the help to make the connection where if i'm out camping i don't need any of those things connection. i'm in connection so that i guess is my pathway yeah. To use it. Jeez, I've just had a revelation. Look at that now. So one <laughs> one question, I wonder if you'll be able to answer this in the same way we did. Is there a tool that doesn't resonate you, with you? Something that is quintessentially people think of as witchy or, or whatever, but you just never made a connection and it's just not for you. Is there some material expression that doesn't work? So you mean like a, a, an altar tool or a method of ritual or, or, or music? Now, I know music works for you, but yeah, some material. So it's specific things, materialistic things that you can hold or use 
music, painting, statues, incense. Is there anything I like that that use doesn't a work? Pendulum to say there you go. We've talked about that before. I, yes. Yeah, I can't use a pendulum. You know, um, you just don't connect with them, right? They don't work. Well, for me, I don't know if I can even answer that because I like them all. Um, even those pesky pendulums. Well, it's not that I don't like a pendulum. It's just, it's just not, not something that's not really good for me. You know what I don't do well? I won't lie. A lot of times if people are using instruments of scrying mm. for magic, they use a bowl of water. They use a mirror. They use a black glass or something. That's ne no. I don't yeah. use that really at all. I would, if I need to see something, I'd rather journey for it. Yeah, I would journey for it. No, that doesn't. Maybe it's because I don't have that. My psychic talent does not lie. Yeah, that but way. that's okay. That's yeah. okay. Everybody's everybody's different. I think you've kind of explained, but you have to you have to assign a number because we all had to assign numbers. So when you're inside, tools have a big importance when you're outside they don't but overall material things but the specific sacred locations i guess are a material specific thing to me it's all part of the ritual and it's it's kind of like when certain smells certain actions certain this certain songs over the years automatically will put me somewhere yeah so i i find them quite important probably oh a good 3.5 or four yeah no i do because that's just me yeah. And the root, the, the the ceremony of it all, you know, I smell benzoin and I'm there, you know, certain things, you know, and okay, I've got my salt and water and I'm saying the same words and I'm doing the same motions and actions. I find that's very helpful to me. And so uh, the final element in this breakdown of eight elements of religions is the recognition or maybe the designation in religions of making things sacred and making things profane. And the little quote is, religions see some things as sacred and some not. Some objects, actions, people, places may share in the sacredness or express it. You know, we kind of had a little bit of a tough time because we find a lot of things sacred. But mm -hmm. when we were discussing before, and I'm, I'm tempted to think you may as well, sacred versus profane. Where um, I can find a sacredness in most things in your daily life. If you do them mindfully, and I have not been as mindful as I should be lately, you do things mindfully and with appreciation. Like even when you're making your supper, it's like, man, this is great. I have food to make. You know, what I, I, mean? I firmly believe that we can make things sacred. I, I guess that's what I do. And, and like you say, you could be making supper and be resentful of that. And that's a profane act as you're cursing it, as you're having to cook it and whatever and get that on the table and it's just another job but if you can take half a breath and go at least i have this food at least i have this food I'm and not, i'm gonna stir it with love for myself or my, my family, family or, yeah and, and i'm not you know and i can be grateful i had a, a a big big comeuppance about stop complaining uh doing tutoring a woman from afghanistan uh last week and uh her mother's in afghanistan right now and they've just dropped the, the restrictions again on them. Her mother is a widow whose sons all live out of the country and she has no brothers nearby and she's not allowed out of her house. How is she going to eat? Who's going to get her groceries? Her neighbor's going to have to buy them for her. She's not allowed out of her house. She's hoping maybe once every two weeks her nephew can come to town and take her out of the house for the afternoon. So no complaining. 
No complaining. Like, that's just, it, it's crazy. You're poor people in Ukraine. I think the profane is cruelty. Mm. Cruelty and, you know, real unkindness, greed, things like that. I, I, those, those, I guess, the basic things that we all find unpleasant or horrible in society, I guess, are rather profane. Recycle. Pagan <laughs> <laughs> <Peg and> blasphemy. <laughs> Not recycling. Um, I think that, that the profane, the waste of life, like what is going on in you know the Ukraine right now? What a just a horror! And I was with some people, and I said, uh, I said I feel so bad for both sides. There's most of the fellas on, on the Russian army; they don't want to go fight there. Yeah. And the most of the people in the you know, first people in Ukraine certainly don't want it. Like, oh, we don't. They said, oh, we don't care about the Russians. I said, honey, I said their mothers and wives and daughters are crying just the same as the people in Ukraine. So the whole thing is just a horror. So things like that, I think. Yeah, I think that's what I think. Excellent. Very good. Thank well, you for thank playing. Thank you very much. Oh, <laughs> my God. I didn't speed round it too much. I didn't do it in 35 seconds. No, no. It was also decently, uh, it wasn't long. No. There we go. So We're cooking with um, gas. Thank you, so, Gwen. Yes, that wraps up our bonus mini episode of The Insights and thank you for not passing me over. Yeah, that's <laughs> wonderful because I couldn't make it. That was something. And and before we, we close up here, I just can't say enough wonderful things to our listeners about how appreciative I am for sure that people are listening and, uh, you know, sending comments and things like that. Questions. Questions, all of it. I just, when we, when you see how many downloads we have, I'm just astonished. Every time that anyone's listening. So, there we go. Three Witches and a Druid Podcast would like to take a moment to thank our amazing Patreon supporters. Today, we shout out to Danny, Tania, Sarah, Lore, Kay, Linda, Jennifer, Highland Horde, and Larry. Without your generous support, and contributions, we couldn't bring you this magical content. And we thank you for listening. And until next time, everybody, take care and merry meet. Merry heart. And merry meet again. Blessed, Blessed be. be. This has been Three Witches and a Druid Podcast. Thanks for listening. the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.